guys, and welcome back to another episode of We Believe Do You, a paranormal podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Eric. And today's guest is Christian Faldi. Uh, Christian, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Uh, hi. Um, yeah, you. I'm new to your, I'm sort of new to doing this, so forgive me if I'm a little nervous, but uh, the... Um, been listening to your show for a while since I think you had Matt on. It would have been really, I think it was really early. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it was like four or five episodes in. And um, I knew him through a writing group that we were in on Facebook and he promoted, he said, Hey, I'm going to be on this podcast. Why don't you guys give it a listen? I was like, okay, sure. Um, and then, you know, just been listening pretty much ever since. Um, have enjoyed like I enjoyed your deep dives into things and just, you know, story time. And really what got me here was with Craig's stuff with Craig's talks, because there were several things that he mentioned that really resonated with something that I follow, which is called the Michael teachings. And um, in addition to that, I've also had a few, few experiences of my own. So it's, yeah, it's been a ride. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, uh, um, and before I ask the question that I always ask, I will say when, when you sent the email and I like clicked the link um, to the Michael teachings, like that website and everything, um, I was like, I have been here before. And I don't know. I, I Now I'm trying to remember, like, did Craig mention it? I like, I want to go back and like read, listen to the, the first Craig interview, but I've, I've been there. But or when I started reading some of the, the stuff, I'm like, I've read this before. I know Could I remember it have been Wajid because Wajid also gave maybe. us some stuff, but I don't know. I I don't remember him talking about the Michael teachings. Honestly, uh, the first I heard about it was through the email. And honestly, I didn't even click the link because I was like, I want to come in this completely <laughs> like with no like, you know, I want to hear from you. And, and so you can possibly blow my mind like Craig and Wajid <laughs> did when uh, we had them on. So. And, and I was the complete opposite. And I was like, I want to be prepared. Although there's a lot on there. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I did. I, I think I was just on the like, uh, I can't even remember what tab it was. But it's just kind of like a, a summary of like what everything is and like different mm -hmm. questions. Um, but the, those little like tabs there, I was like, I've, I've read some of this. I don't know at what point I found my way <laughs> to here. But it seemed very familiar unless I was having some insane deja vu. I don't know. But uh, it was, yeah, I found that kind of fascinating. And I also want yeah. to say, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was, I was, I was just going to say that that's actually a very familiar thing that people who, um, because part of part of what Michael talks about is that reincarnation exists. It's a thing that happens, whether you believe in it or not, doesn't matter because originally, the in the original books that were written in the 1970s called that was called messages from michael they talk about um the 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 metaphor that he uses is a plant doesn't need to believe in chlorophyll or photosynthesis to do it so it doesn't matter if you believe in it or not and a lot of times when people find the teachings it's it that's the exact reaction have i seen this before have i heard this seems really familiar why does this and it's because you probably have heard it before because you probably are cha are picking up on a resonance to a past life that was there hmm. i mean wouldn't be surprised <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> what, what were you gonna say eric 
Oh no, I just uh I was just gonna say uh it's nice to finally put a face to one of the twenty people that you know listen to the episode <laughs> right off the rip and to know yeah. that you've been listening to us for that long it it's uh it's really it. yeah, we we do appreciate it very much. For sure, yeah. for sure. Oh yeah, and, and I just I it's I love listening to you guys talk about it and sometimes I'll just put it on in the background and just you know, listen to the episode. Sometimes I'm not, it's like, Oh, you know, you were talking about banshees or you were talking about uh, one of the other, you know, urban legend, paranormal things and doing one of your deep dives. And it's like, I, Oh yeah. I remember reading about this or studying this a long time ago. And so I kind of already knew it, but it's just listening to the enthusiasm and how you, you guys just really um, are always so excited about all of it. It just, it's, (laughs) I, I, I love it. I just love it. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate, really appreciate that. It. Yeah. Well, then, then you know what question is coming next. And that is a question that I ask all I guests, unless I've forgotten, but usually for the most part. Um, what was your very first paranormal experience? Um, it, it, well, honestly, I didn't connect it as being a paranormal experience because I was too young at the time to really understand that. Um, it was my mom actually relayed the story to me probably I was, I don't know, late teens, early twenties, sometime around there. Um, she said when I was about four or five years old, I was playing in my room and I was talking as kids do. And she realized that she was like, it seemed like she was hearing one side of a conversation. So she came in and she was like, Oh, who are you playing with? And I said, Oh, I'm playing with my friend, Noel. And she was just like, okay, you know, kids have imaginary friends all the time. Okay. What, you know, brush it off, whatever. Then at preschool or kindergarten, like I said, I don't remember which she met my real friend, Noel, who I was playing with on the playground. And she said, that was, that was interesting. And yeah. just kind of, kind of, kind of low key was like, yeah, I kind of freaked out a little bit about that, but just sort of, we're just going to move on. We're not going to yeah. mention, we're not going to worry about this. Um, what I remember from that, you know, from, from that time period was when I was, when I was playing there, I remember it was a really sunny day. And I, as a kid, remember, I'm, I remembered having a conversation with someone and I don't remember what was said, but to me, there was a person there. And, you know, later in coming to the Michael teachings with, uh, with things that I have asked about and other things that have been, people, other people have asked about, um, they, part of what they talk about is that as you're growing up in life, there are basically what they call seven monads that you go through or seven, uh, keystones in life, if you will. The first of which is being birth, the last of which is being death. And then there's five others in the middle. And it takes about seven years for your consciousness to fully integrate into the body. So during that time period, you are a little more open to everything else. So when you hear the stories about the little kid who's talking to grandma or the who, grandma who's been dead for 20 years, or, you know, the favorite aunt was looking in on him, there's a reason for that. <laughs> it's because yeah. kids are still kind of in both worlds, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that's, 
more than likely what it was now that I can look back on it. Um, but the, the one, the one that I do definitely remember was that was, was a fifth grade. Yeah, it was fifth grade. So I was about 10, 11, 12 years old. And of course this was late eighties. So you know, we had a lot more freedom to do things as kids than we do now. And I was riding my bike to school and I had this dream it was really vivid and really intense. And I was, I was panicking. I was running late and I was riding up this hill in town and I realized this wasn't the way to school and I was needed to turn around and go another way. And then all of a sudden I'm no longer riding my bike. I'm sort of stand in my dream. I'm sort of standing above it and I see the bike go into the busiest intersection in town and get absolutely smashed to pieces. I wake up the next day. I woke up late. I'm panicking. I'm riding as fast as I can to get there. I get up to where the crossing guards were right before they left to go back to the school because that's how late I was running. They stick their flags out. I go walking through the intersection and this Chevy S10 blows through the intersection, missing the front tire of my bike by like inches. Oh my gosh. And it didn't dawn on me that the dream and this happened in the same thing until about halfway through the school day, because I was still, you know, kind of in panic mode of getting to school on time. Or, oh, I thought, I thought from nearly getting hit by a car, I was like, oh, of course. No, I, no, I, I, I told, I went to the teacher and said, did they tell did the crossing guards? Yeah. That we, they got the license plate and took care of it. Apparently the guy at seven o'clock in the morning was like two times the legal limit already. Wow. So that was, um, that was fun to put it mildly, but, um, yeah, it was, and, it, and that having dreams like that or, or weird things like that have, have happened periodically throughout my life. And it's, I mean, it's always, it always kind of comes as a shock when, <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I had a dream about, you know, when you go back and you're looking at it later, it's always kind of a, why didn't I recognize this at the time, you know? And Mm -hmm. Have you ever tried to, because we answered what was going to be my question is, has it happened again? Um, But have you ever tried to kind of like hone that skill or ability? Like really, like maybe write down your your dreams, like dream journal, that kind of thing to, to see what is actually coming true? Um. I have, I did try dream journaling for a, a period of time. Um, my handwriting is terrible. Um, so going back and trying to reread what I've written, it's like, even when I was taking notes through school, it was like, yeah, studying my notes never worked because I could never read what I wrote. Um, so props to my teachers who could actually read my handwriting. Um, so I didn't really, I, I sort of, that sort of fell apart for me really quickly, but what I've, what I kind of, <laughs> what has kind of happened on accident, on accident, because I didn't realize that this was a thing, um, was, um, now this kind of, I do have to preface this just a little bit because it, I've went through a period of time in my life where I had, I've had really severe depression and, had a really bad ideation episode during that time period. And so at one point in time, so just 
little warning on that. At one point in time, I had, I was wondering, all right, I went through this ideation episode and I didn't attempt anything. But if the Michael teachings are right, and there are separate timelines that branch off from decisions that you make, then somebody, a part me, another me somewhere probably did. But I don't necessarily, you know, I was like, I really don't want to talk to somebody who's dead. So let's see, you know, let's think about this and be like, all right, if there is the, if there is, if this is true and there was another me that attempted, but survived, how are they, you know, it's like, how are you doing? What's happened? What's going on in your life? How is, how has it moved forward from there, you know, et cetera. And I was thinking about this over off and on over probably a series of months, not really putting a whole lot of, you're not really putting a whole lot of effort into it. And then one, one day I'm walking across the yard, getting, coming back into the house. And as I'm walking across the yard, I just kind of paused. It wasn't, it was kind of strange because it was just kind of floating, you know, just kind of going through the motions, kind of just letting my thoughts float. And I got some narration in my, all of a sudden I got some narration and it was saying that, the scar, that he had, he had been embarrassed about the scars for years because of the reason why they happened. But due to finally getting stable later in life, he was able to talk about it more often and was able to, you know, talk to family, et cetera, about what had, what this meant and what it actually was. And I remembered looking down at my arm and seeing the scars. And I remembered I reached up to grab the sleeve of my shirt because he apparently always wore long sleeve shirts to cover it and hide it as people who have, you know, cutting tendencies and things have done before. And when I touched my arm, it was like all of a sudden I, it was like all of a sudden we looked at each other. And I distinctly remember sort of this feeling of what the fuck? And then I'm back in me and I just sort of like, okay, we're going to take this and put it over here and I'm going to go about my day because I'm not really sure what the hell just happened. Yeah. So when I asked the Michaels about it, um, what they said is, is that the consciousness is they describe it as being like your consciousness is like a pixel on a computer screen and your pixel is lit up because that's where your consciousness is focused 90% of the time. But just as you move a mouse across a computer screen to go to a different icon or go to different pixels, you can do that with your consciousness. And what I had done unintentionally and not realizing that I could even do this was to move was to shift my consciousness to another version of me to see what was going on and to check in on this person. And, you know, so then it of course raised all kinds of, <laughs> of course raised all kinds of questions about things because then it was like, okay, well, well, is this something, is this a skill that can be honed? Is this a thing that can be done? And they, they said, yeah, you know, that you can totally, 
teach yourself to do this. And um, the way that I've kind of had more success with that is through dreams. And this is why it's all coming back together now is because going to sleep sometimes it will be, I'll be like, all right, you know, let's just reach out and see, Hey, who out there wants to talk? Who do we, who can we discuss where, what can I see? And like, and over time there's been, I think I've had four or five different experiences, especially during dreams where one of them was quite, it quite literally felt like I was riding along with somebody else. Like I'm in this dream and the, there are things happening and I'm seeing things happening, but I have zero control over what's happening. And what I kept feeling was a sense of amusement at my being frustrated that I have no control over what's happening because I didn't, I hadn't gone to bed that night saying, Hey, I'd like to have this experience tonight. So when I woke up in this dream, it kind of went, what, (laughs) what's going on here? Why is none of this making sense? Um, So it, it very often I've, I've found for me actually doing that through the dreams is an easy pathway to start connecting with other lives, other parallels, memories from um, previous lives, etc. And it's sometimes it can be a little exhausting if you're because you don't tend to get a lot of restful sleep (laughs) because you're being very active in what you're doing. Um, But it is it it is fascinating just to play around with it. Yeah, I've I've always said that I personally feel like dreams like there's dreams that like you sleep and you dream and then there's dreams <laughs> where like you're you're traveling you're not it's not you're not in your head anymore I guess mm-hmm. if that makes sense um so I agree with all of that I definitely <laughs> believe like and and Eric I mean well Eric I know that you if if you feel that something's around you don't want to see or hear anything. So you're like, if you need to tell me something, tell me in my dreams. I know that that's your go-to. Yeah. But and, and, oh, go ahead. Um, your thought. Uh, what was my thought? It came and went. Um, yeah, no, just, I, I guess that's also where I feel safest too. Um, you, you know, I, I say I feel safest, but I think it's more, where I feel less crazy because if it's too much, I can say that was just a dream, <laughs> even though it could be <laughs> something more versus if it happened in real life. Like if I saw an apparition or heard a voice, I'd be like, now I'm crazy. So I think, I think that's why I prefer dreamland versus <laughs> yeah. experiencing anything in real life. <clears throat> I think but, for me, it's, it's the same thing where, you know, I, I, well, no, it's not a thing of like, I think like, uh, you know, that I, about the crazy thing. It, it's for me, it's more of a, a fear thing, I guess, like just because I, I'm, you know, just imagine seeing somebody. And the thing is I normally hear and see the, the things that, you know, uh, you know, there. aren't supposed to be there. And a lot of times, like uh, some of the times I will feel like something, but normally I'm either getting touched, something's getting pulled, something, you know, they're, that's how they make their presence known. And, um, you know, or, or, or I'll see stuff, you know, uh, thankfully I've never seen anything in my house, you know, knock on wood. Cause I, I don't want to, 
but usually a lot of times I will ask, you know, can you present yourself in, in my dreams? But then the thing is like, because I, you know, snore and I'm pretty sure I have sleep apnea and because I snore, sometimes my wife wakes me up. I don't get into that like deep sleep to where I, I feel like maybe something could communicate with me. You know what I mean? So I don't get to get to those stages of sleep where, you, you know, my mind can open up more than, you know, so um, I think they're, they're kind of like, they do it because it's like, well, dude, this is the only time that we're going to get to talk to you because we can't get, <laughs> get through to you while you're asleep, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, and um, I, I have noticed, uh, I actually have, I have been diagnosed with sleep apnea. So I understand my wife, um, what finally did it was my wife also one night was like, I got up one morning and I'm like, it's three o'clock in the morning. Why are you awake? And she's like, well, you were snoring so loud at 1am that you woke me up and I can't get back to sleep. Oh no. Okay. We need to go get this checked out. And once I got that, the, the CPAP and sleep with it every night. Um, first of all, it's wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't slept that great ever in my life. Um, so I do recommend getting that checked out, but, it's been after getting that, that I've started having more success with this. So, you know, it, there, there really, there is something to that. I mean, that, that's, that's very, that's very true. Um, so yeah, it. Sorry, I was just going to say, I I had a, a quick question actually, um, about when you spoke to your other self, um, Mm -hmm. what, like, and and you said that kind of just happened by accident. What, what did that even feel like like was it more like in in your head like a movie playing in your head kind of thing was it a feeling like yeah I don't know I'm always curious when people whether it's a channel or a message or a vision like I want to know what is it that you're feeling or seeing or how it comes to you um in that particular case um because I was fully awake and was actually moving I was actually in the yard moving around at the time. Um, I remember I stopped moving and it, it very much felt that I was not here (laughs) that like physically I could, you know, I could still look at my, I could see my hand. I could see my arm. I could feel my shirt. I could, you know, hear the wind and all of that stuff. I, you know, physically there, but what, you know, this other part of me was not, and I was actually kind of it. The only way I can really describe it is that it was almost like I was looking through another, another set of eyes. Like I could see sort of an overlay of, yeah, my arm where our, our arm, like the arm was in the same position when I, we were both making the same movement at the same time. So it was all like, everything was kind of overlaid. So when I said we kind of saw each other, it literally felt like all of a sudden he just like, all of a sudden we went from me sort of standing behind him watching to all of a sudden he flips around Hmm. yeah, and we're looking at each other and just realized I'm not used to working with camera. So that probably will show up weird. Um, But the, um, so but then other well, times you, you described it really well. So uh, yeah, like y- even if people can't, like, well, obviously the people don't see what you're doing, but y- they'll get the idea. Yeah. Yes. No. Yeah. Um, but 
like other, especially in dreams, it can, uh, one of the ones, um, because I know, uh, I know I mentioned it earlier, like, you know, timelines splitting off and things like that. Um, on the, the site that I, the site link that I sent you, they have, we have a bunch of free, uh, public things that are put out there of the, uh, they're called the energy reports and the channel puts it, Troy, who is the channel puts them out once a month and kind of goes through, okay, this is where, this is how the things are kind of looking this month. And then kind of at the bottom, he has, they'll always have a dates of interest and there'll be things like an energy shift, or if there's a timeline convergence, or if there's a timeline divergence that could be happening um, at different and when approximately those dates are at that, that'll be happening. And usually if you're paying attention around those times, you can kind of pick up on subtle shifts of things happening. Um, like for example, most recently for February of this year, they said that there was an energy shift on the 19th, which was basically kind of a, it's kind of a kick in the ass energy shift of, you know, all those things you've been meaning to do, all those, you know, the stuff that you've been meaning to take care of. Okay. You need to go do that. <laughs> um, and it, it hits people differently, but during one time period that was a convergence that was happening again, as I was going to sleep, I asked, I just said, all right, could you show me a life? Could you show me a life that is converging during this time period? Could I, could I see that? And in that particular instance, I got essentially four scenes that told a story. And it was like the first one I was talking to a woman who I recognized as in the dream as being my wife was not my wife in this life. And I, there was some sort of a discussion that happened. I couldn't really make out anything, but then when I left, I was riding like a 10 speed bike. I also got the impression that my clothes hadn't been washed in a couple of days, you know, that there, I was not in a good place. Then the next time when we meet up again, it's in a very public place. We're having a conversation and when I left this time, it was in a car, you know, kind of a beat up automobile, you know, so things, I went from riding a bike to driving a car. That's, you know, clearly an improvement, yeah. um, but still I'm not in a great place. And then the next scene was a fight between me and the wife that was taking place outside of a courthouse. And it had something to do with, uh, child custody things. And, you know, so, and I didn't, that was about all I could get. Then the last scene, I'm having lunch with the family. So my wife is there. My two kids were there and the two kids were, are, were the same two kids that I have now, except ages were swapped. So my son who is older now is was the younger one. And my daughter was the older one. My daughter hated me. My son thought I was wonderful. Um, and when I left, it was in a pickup truck that had like a contractor logo or something on the side of it. So it was like, I don't know the full story. <laughs> I, I really kind of only know what those things I saw in the dream, but 
it's kind of like, okay, I now have an idea of this person went from a really bad place to a much better place and is trying to improve what they're doing with their life. And that sort of fit with, you know, a lot of things that were happening in my life as, you know, things getting better and things improving over years. And now it's like, let it to be able for things to come together. Um, so it's, it, it depends on what's happening, you know, what I'm asking about what's happening. And sometimes, sometimes it hit, happens very, very weirdly because when you're talking about, there are, you know, the dreams. And a lot of times you have those dreams where it's bizarre, weird, nothing seems to be making sense. You're kind of, you know, you're, you can, you're like, yeah, this is definitely just a, uh, and I'm, I'm definitely having a dream or it's just pure entertainment, you know, yeah. it's happening. Um, the, the Michaels have talked about the dreams before where they've said like, if, if the example they used in one of the books was if you are dreaming about a swamp with tentacles coming out of it and a very poisonous fog, you should probably be wondering about what you're thinking about guilt However, if you're having a dream where you're a young boy on the Russian steppe and you, somebody runs by screaming, the Cossacks are coming, that's probably a past life. And basically that there's a couple of different types of dreams. You have the symbolic dreams and then you have the memory dreams. And in another instance, it started out as a symbolic dream where I'm standing on the top of this hill. There's a bunch of people standing on the side of this like down the hill, there's this road, this well-worn path, there's forest everywhere. And there are a bunch of people lined up in what looked like wheelchairs from like the 1800s, you know, great big wheels, wooden backs and all of that. And then a sound happened and somebody pushed, you know, there was a pusher and then there was the person in the wheelchair and then the pusher pushed the wheelchair and all these wheelchairs go down completely unguided down this hill. And some of them are flying off the track into trees and things like that. And I'm, I just remembered being absolutely disgusted by this and turning around and walking away. Well, when I turned around, I found myself in essentially, it was a stone room that was well lit from a giant window. And there were, there was a, a table, there was a wooden table in the middle that was thick and heavy that had four chairs on, there was a chair at one end and then there were three chairs down either side. There were two men sitting on chairs on the left and right of the head chair who I couldn't really see. They just looked like dark figures. And I go, I walk up and I pull one chair out next to them. And I notice that there is a glass with some clear liquid sitting in it. I move to one of the chairs farthest from the head chair, pull the chair out, sit down in it with my back to the wall where I can see both entrances to the place. And then this third person walks in from a side door and again, a very dark figure and the only thing that I could make out was that he was wearing like gold. He was showing off wealth. And 
he throws out some convers some uh, comment like um, you know it's rude to you know to not accept water or food that's been provided to you and, and I said well poison as long as we're on opposite side as long as we're on opposite sides of this war I'm not accepting anything from you and I will either go thirsty or deal with my own supplies until I get back to my camp because I got the impression that this person who I just the name, the thing that came to mind was we call, I just called him the burger, like B-U-R-G-H-E-R, um, was incredibly manipulative. And he wanted me out of whatever conflict this was and to take whatever troops I had and either go. He either wanted me out of it or he wanted me to join them. And he didn't care if I got out of it because he poisoned me and I died, or if he paid me off, or if I just left, or if, you know, or if I decided to switch sides. Any of those would be good options for him. So trusting something that they put there was a good idea. Not trusting something that they put in front of me was a good idea. Yeah. And then the scene changed and I was... Um, riding back to camp on a horse and there was some discussion with some lieutenants that were like, and I'm, I was basically telling them that we're accepting the money and we're pulling up and we're getting out because I didn't want to be a part of whatever it was that was going on because I like the previous part of the dream where I thought all of this was stupid and lots of people were going to get hurt and died for no reason. I didn't want to be a part of it. And it's like, I have a feeling that was a symbolic dream that turned into a memory dream. And so it, you know, it, I find the stuff absolutely fascinating <laughs> when yeah. it does happen. And it, it, I've also, because it's because it keep, because I have invited it to happen and have looked for it. It doesn't, it's not as, scary you know because i think if it had happened if that had been a, if i didn't have the other experiences if i didn't have the stuff from that i'd gotten channeled through you know from michael about the previous you know instances it probably would have been like what is going on here yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah for sure I, okay sorry i thought you were gonna say something eric um you know i've definitely had those dreams you know like you're, you're talking about like these memory dreams i've never thought about them that way but it makes sense now like hearing you say that because it is very much something that could have happened like like i've had dreams about being stabbed like multiple times and like can i can feel the knife like going into my skin and stuff and i'm like i've never been stabbed before i should not know what this feels like but i can feel it <laughs> you know what i mean and i've i've had dreams of like being like looking out like climbing up to the top of a hill and essentially like, looking out and seeing like the, the aztec like temples and stuff like that and like i've done that before and i've seen that before but again i have never <laughs> in my in this life ever done that so yeah there's definitely been dreams where i'm like this does feel like more of a memory of something or someone uh, but it wasn't me so i think right you know maybe you died in the yeah. civil war i have had dreams of getting shot in the back while trying to like run away so maybe again like you. feeling feeling like bullets like enter my body i'm like i don't know what that feels like but i feel it in my dream and like it's not that's the weird thing it's like it's never painful but it's like i can feel 
it's just like cutting through the skin and muscle and like you know what I mean. Out of it's torn. it's crazy. Yeah, it's weird, but I feel less weird now. <laughs> Talk to you about all this. <laughs> this is why I love this podcast. It's because it's like minded people, and I don't feel crazy. But yeah, yeah, I have to agree with that. <laughs> it's, it's, um, yeah, because hearing hearing you know when you talk to you know the it, a lot of the others that you've interviewed, it's been like, oh yeah, I've I that sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or I've heard, you know, I've heard those stories, you know, and then, uh, like I mentioned in the email with a lot of the, with some of the stuff that Craig had mentioned, you know, before, um, it was because, you know, I, I mentioned in the email, you know, with the Michael teachings that it's, it's all about how we, about all about the choice and everything and how, you know, in that last, in the last one that you did with Craig, uh, you we're both kind of expressing anxiety about like something's coming, something's yeah. going to happen. And he was kind of going in on along with that. Um, there were a lot of things that he said after that, you know, during that, that particular segment of it that I'm like, yeah, we've been talking about that in these on that, on the website mm-hmm. for years. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been a subject of conversation for a long time because <clears throat> excuse me um as we evolve and grow we go through stages individually and our s our our personality that we are right now in this life is one part of a greater whole that that michael refers to as the essence and the essence has what's called a soul age to it and you go through five of them on earth and then there are two others that happen much later and you go from an, the infant to the old soul stage there are seven levels in each one the just like there are seven internal monads seven shows up quite a lot in this teaching nines and twelves also show up a lot in this teaching and it all gets into mathematical stuff that honestly it makes that makes no sense to me um but right now what's happening is that we are moving from being collectively on planet earth from a young souled species to being a mature souled species. And so when transitions are happening, things tend to get chaotic. And so right now, a lot of the things, some of the things that we're seeing that are showing a backlash to that, becoming that old soul, that mature soul is like the rise of fascism in the United States that's taking place right now. Um, the election of Donald Trump is an example of that backlash because there are very few people besides Donald Trump who really embody what it is to be a young soul. Um, in that it's, it very much, the young souls tend to focus on conformity they tend to focus on me. They tend, you know, it tends to be very singularly focused. Narcissist. You know, I mean, yeah, well, yeah, it can be. And, but also as you, you know, if you look back over our history for the last 2000 years, because we moved from being a baby soul species to being a young soul species right around the time of, of Jesus and the Romans and, 
you know, all of that time period was the switch was when we were changing from being a baby soul to a mature soul. Baby soul is all about order and structure. And so you have, but the young soul is all about conformity. So what happens? Well, if the Romans treated everybody who wasn't Roman as if you were non-existent or you were somehow subhuman, but if you were accepted as a Roman, if you conformed to being a Roman, then you were accepted as part of the culture. If you expand that out over 2000 years in the evolution, you start looking at the imperialism that happened with the British, you know, British empire, particularly anybody who wasn't British or wasn't French or wasn't whoever was considered to be less than conform. It was, you must conform to this. You must conform to the power structure. Well, now we're moving into a section where we is more important than the me. The diversity is more important than conformity. And so that means, especially in the United States, oh, we're suddenly going to have to deal with slavery. We're suddenly going to have to deal with the the unaddressed racism that that the United States has been dealing with for years. In other parts of the world, it's different, but they're still going through it. And so it's, yeah, it feels, <laughs> you know, with, with what just happened yesterday, be where Russia starts invading Ukraine, you know, it feels very much like, great, we're heading backwards again. Well, there's going to be a backlash. There's always a backlash when there's change. And that's another part of it. But the change is still going to come. And when it does, things are going to be, they kind of have said that they basically said that the mature soul should be pretty much anchored by about 2025, 2030. So within that time frame, we'll have a better idea of what our world is going to look like going forward than looking at, you know, what happened in the last 24 hours. Yeah. Um, so yeah, something is coming. And it is a change, and change is scary. You know, yeah. it's change is always scary, especially when you don't know what it is. Or, I mean, yeah. I guess this kind of at least gives like some a sort timeline. of idea yeah. and a time because that was actually going to be one of my questions was was a timeline like when what you know I don't want to feel anxious about this forever. <laughs> so like when yeah. it, would it happen? I guess. But yeah, and it. Okay. I mean, it's the we've been heading toward it since about the 1980s, but it really, um, apparent, you know, it like with the different time, you know, with the different timelines that Michael has talked about before, um, there was there, you know, the United, you know, we live in a timeline where the United States was founded and, you know, fought the revolutionary war and all of that. Um, well, there was a timeline where that didn't happen where there were still colonists here, but the empires decided it wasn't worth it to continue funding it. So they decided not to. And so in that timeline, the United States didn't get founded until like the 1990s. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, wow. 
Um, yes, and so can you imagine that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. <laughs> you know, you know, and so it it was it was interesting listening to that, and then and then as they described how how it was essentially like a yin yang sort of convergence, where something that was so opposite from the other basically smashed into each other, and created a new created a new whole is partly what we've also been going through the last few years. And so um, it, yeah, it gets kind of crazy talking about that, but the thing that, the thing that keep, that they keep, that they keep focusing on is that, you know, we can make the choices. We as individuals, you know, I can't affect the fact that Putin decided to invade Ukraine. You know, I can only you know, by voting affect maybe who's, you know, can affect who's in the white house or who's my representative and who's in the seats of power, but I can affect on a regular basis, how I interact with the people around me. You know, I can choose to be kind. I can choose to be nice. And the more people that choose to continue to focus on, we need to move forward, not backwards. And we keep encouraging that amongst ourselves and amongst you know, the people around us and online as much as we can, as long as we choose to keep moving in that direction, we can change direction over time. And hey, fucking men, <laughs> you know, yeah. be kind. Like I, it blows my mind how mean people can be for absolutely no freaking reason. Just like why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, yes. you know, and, and, and that's that the, and that's one of the things that they've that the Michaels have emphasized in those energy reports for the last couple of years is, you know, if you can't do anything else, if you feel like you can't do anything else, just choose to be kind. Start there and go from there because it does radiate out. It does become more. And, you know, just as the choices that you make, and they, they talk about this all the time. <laughs> um, the choices that you make in your daily life lead to patterns and those patterns lead in a direction. And if you don't like the way that that's going, start choosing differently, even if it's just a little bit. And, and it, it sounds cliche and it's, <laughs> it's one of those things. It sounds like a meme. It sounds cliche, but it, it, it's how everything works. And it, the more that the longer that I've been, with these teachings and seeing over time the things that they have talked about hap you know beginning to happen it's like oh okay <laughs> you know yeah. there's there's more here so, so oh go ahead Eric. yeah um so really quick uh well at the time of this recording we've already re the the episode's not out yet but uh i guess last week we recorded a, a deep dive into the Mandela effect. And it was weird because when I was doing, when we were doing the research and I was doing my part of the research, I came across something called the blood moon tetrad. Right. Hmm. Okay. And so, have you ever heard of it at all? I, that I have not heard of. No, no. Okay. So it was, it was weird to me because when I saw this, I was like, this looks familiar. And I, I swore I could have sworn to God that, when I read, I could have sworn I had seen it in your email. And then 
I was like, oh, this, I think this is, this is what, what Christian had just sent us. And I mentioned, I mentioned it in the, in the episode. So then I go back to the email. I can't find anything about the blood moon tetrad in there. And I'm like, wait, I could have sworn I saw this in the email. Like I, I I'm a hundred percent sure. So then I was like, okay, fine. I, it, it's not in the email, but let me go into it. So what the blood moon tetrad basically is, it was a prophecy, I think in the Bible or something about, uh, multiple, um, blood moons that were going to occur. Uh, it was, it was four of them and they were all going to fall, I guess, or align with, uh, Jewish holidays or something. And then after the, that blood moon, that after that tetrad, they were, uh, stuff was going to start changing. There was going to be a change in the world. And, these the, this tetrad has already occurred, and what it, in as rela- in relation to the Mandela effect, it was going to be that the the Mandela effect was going to be a lot more prominent in that. I guess the realities were going to start to some of the realities were going to start to, if I remember this correctly, they were going to start to kind of like collide, m- collide, and and we were going to start seeing more instances of the Mandela effect. Uh, and this, I think, started in 2014 or something like that, which, again, I, I mentioned and that that was interesting because <laughs> Mandela died in 2013. But there was also instances of this occurring all the way back in, like, I believe in the the eight, uh, the late 80s and stuff like that. So when you started talking about rea- the, the realities and uh, trans- transitioning from the young to the mature and, and rea- the, the whole the thing about realities, I'll take that sounds similar to what this other you know prophecy uh talked about you know what i mean so that's why i wanted to bring it up and ask you if you had heard about it because like i said i could have sworn i read it in your email but apparently that was not the case at all yeah that one that one is new to me um i will have to i'll have to look that one up and definitely listen to that episode too um because the and I, th- it's I don't remember if anybody has asked. And granted, on as you know, as Michelle knows on the on the website, there's twenty you know there's twenty plus years of channelings that are on there all over the place. So you can probably put anything in and find it. Um, I don't remember anything specific about the Mandela effect, but it does make sense with what they've talked about with. Uh, when divergences and convergences happen and um, people have on the, on the, on the site have talked about, you know, seeing just, and it's usually little things because normally our concept of reality, because the physical plane is the densest is the most it, it is the densest. It's the only plane where you can actually experience physical pain. And so it tends to have a very solid reality to it while you are here. When you are on the astral plane, it tends to look very much like the physical plane, but there's, it's less dense. It's less, it's more malleable. You could, you can change it literally with a thought is what Michael has told us. Um, whereas you know, you have to take more direct action in the physical, but people have described during those divergences and convergences, things like, when did that tree grow in my neighbor's yard? 
It was it that I just didn't notice it or was it that it was really not there anymore? You know, was it not there yesterday or was, <laughs> and it is there now, you know, now kind of thing. Um, I have one of those trees in my backyard. It's sort of God, I don't know when this thing grew, but it grew in the corner <laughs> of the, the yard and it, no idea so when it happened, it but that's there. Yeah. And it's, and, and, it, it that it happens and people will notice things they'll no, they'll notice things like that but but usually what'll happen is most you know 99% of the time we may notice it and go huh and then you forget move on yeah. and you forget about it and you move on um and and there's and there's reasons there's there's reasons for that i mean michael has said the only purpose to living to being on the physical plane is to live that's your only purpose to be here is to live your life as you choose to live it and nothing you know everything it just like what craig was saying when he was saying nothing is lost you know that's michael has literally said the exact same thing is that you know your essence your personality still your your body will die eventually but the personality still continues to go on and the personality continues to grow and when as when the cycle of lives, when your cycle of lives is done and you're at that seventh level old stage and you're on your last life in this, on this planet, there's still more, you know, there's still more to learn. There's still more to do. The reason why Michael is teaching and others on that plane are teaching is because that's what they are here to, that's what they have chosen to do (laughs) is, is so to the, teach. So this is like uh, because, and I don't think we've mentioned it yet, but from my reading, Mike Michael isn't one person or thing. It's uh, what, uh, if I'm not mistaken, over a thousand or a thousand souls. I was going about to ask you who is Michael. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, um, yeah, if you could go. So into that. the the name. <laughs> The name Michael was chosen as they said, kind of an internal joke among their uh, among their cadre, because Michael was the name of the very last person who the very last personality that cycled off. It was the last name that that particular consciousness had. So it's kind of like a little ribbing, like it took you. Yeah, you were slow. It took you the longest to get it done. Um, it was just because originally when the channelings were done in the 1970s in the books, the messages from Michael, more messages from Michael were written. They kept saying, well, what's your name? You know, kind of like, and to answer another question, it was channeled through a Ouija board initially. (laughs) Um, So of course they were like, what's your name? What's your name? You know, as you would do if you think it's like a demon or something. And they just, they finally gave him the name Michael just to have, so they would have some, the, people would have something to call him. Well, them, not really a him or her. Um, but it's a, Michael is from the, what is called the causal plane, which is higher than the, is, it's, it's really wrong to refer it as higher than um, in an inner, I guess in an energetic way it is, but physical is the most dense than the astral then the causal, then there's like two or three others beyond that. I honestly, if I get much further beyond that, I start getting things confused. So I don't usually go there. Um, but on the astral plane, 
that's where your essence begins to reunite. But then your essence is part of an entity. And on the causal plane, that's where your entity begins to reunite. So the calling it the entity, Michael, the entity called Michael, it's because he or they have been on, they've incarnated in human. They were human. All of their personalities have cycled off. Their essences have reunited. So they are a thousand 500 or 1050 essences, mainly of Kings and warriors, um, primarily Kings and warriors that are all reunited as a single cadre. And so you're essentially, if you look at it, you have you and you are a part of an essence. And that essence has thousands of other personalities that are out there. And then that essence is a part of an entity which has thousands of other essences. And all of that has been brought together. All of that knowledge has been brought together which and is, is now being transmitted to you. Something similar to what Craig was saying about, um, oh man, I don't want to butcher this, but I, I feel like he mentioned something about this as well, is that every time we, we die, we kind of like get almost like, I guess, re-uploaded into the cloud and then we get put Shut back, back in. in. Yeah. Um, with the, and that, ironically, that is one of the things that um, is on a list. There's actually a list on the website of, of discussion topics that haven't been delved into. And that is the actual, you know, we all kind of, if you're following the Michael teachings on it, it, whether through whoever it is that you have, there are multiple Mike, there are multiple Michael channels. So, you know, if one doesn't work for you, there'll be another one out there that you can find pretty easily. But, um, <laughs> and I just lost where I was going with that. Uh, the cloud, the cloud. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's that your personality once as it currently exists is made up of a series of overleaves that include, you know, the, the role your it includes your soul age and your role, which are determined by your essence. And then you have your goal, you have your mode, your, um, attitude, and then you have up to, I think three chief features that can, that are developed during the life. The, Aid, you know, your soul age and your essence are determined beforehand, along with your goal, your mode, and your attitude. That combination and the life that you are living, when it's done, is still there and is still alive. You're essentially back in the cloud. You're on the astral between lives. When a new life comes through, it has a It'll still have the same role. It'll have, if you've advanced, it'll have a different soul age, but the essence will still be the same. So if you're a warrior, you'll always be a warrior. If you're a priest, you're always going to be a priest. If you're a server, you'll always be a server, etc. But then you'll have a different goal, a different mode, a different attitude. And during that life, you'll develop different uh, chief features. And so the thing that connects it all together is that I'm sure you guys are aware of shocker points. Um, there are, they're what they're called. Um, they're called the centers and the instinctive center aligns with the first chakra and your instinctive center holds, um, 
it holds access to what they what they they named they called it the time hub and it's essentially where all of your past life information is stored it's sort of like so when you get born and you take your first breath and you are now alive it's like there's this disc that gets inserted that's part you know there's this disc that comes along with it you know if you think of tron it's like there's this disc mm. that comes with you that says this yes. is all your previous information that's available to you and if you choose to access that during your life great if you don't great it's your life you get to choose what you do with it and um so yeah you it you are kind of uploaded and downloaded and for those who i'm you know i'm guessing <laughs> i'm guessing that craig very much is i have a feeling craig is channeling something i'm i'm not sure if he's even really aware <laughs> aware of if it if he's you know it probably is something that could be developed if he wanted to do it but the thing a lot of the things that he's saying are things that line up exactly with things that michael has said before so i know that there's something going on there where he's getting information in an, in an, in a channeling way. Oh yeah. And he channels. <laughs> well, I, just super quick while we've been talking about him, apparently we have channeled him because he sent us a message on Instagram while we're interviewing right now. So it's, it's Greg, you did it again. Jesus. I know. Super creepy. It's, I think it's an interview that he did that he's, he's sharing with us, but it just happened to be while we're like, we've summoned him basically. Cause we've said his name so many times on this episode. It's hilarious. Love it. <laughs> That's great. Uh, That's great. And, but yeah, it's, you are kind of in, and your personality, like, and then when you're between, when you're between lives, you sometimes have agreements with people who, with other people, you know, other souls who are alive, other consciousnesses that are alive to be their guide. Sometimes they are your guides. Um, sometimes you choose to make agreements that you will work together on a project while you're alive. Um, and it, it, it expands, it just expands out from there because there's, you know, it, it but it, it all comes back to you're making choices before you're alive your essence and every, you know, your essence and all your past lives are getting together and say, Hey, we need to reincarnate now. Let's do it with this family and be, you know, for whatever reason. And we're going to, you know, accept, maybe we'll accept whatever body it happens to be because apparently somebody, apparently it doesn't make a whole lot of difference to the essence, whether you're a man or a woman. So, you know, it makes a lot of difference all of a sudden when you're alive, but it doesn't seem to make a lot of difference there. Um, and also then things like physical distance on earth are, are very much, Oh, well, they're going to be born in this, in this country and we're going to be born over in Japan. And we have an agreement to work together on something. Okay. How is that going to work? You know? Yeah. Um, so physical plane issues are not always totally considered when the reincarnation process is happening. And so, you know, things happen when you're on the physical plane that can't be explained. You could get, you know, you could have an accident and now all of a sudden you, 
can't walk as well. So what was initially a plan now is no, now it can't happen. So essence, once you are born, it takes a very hands-off approach. It's like, yeah, there's a plan. You can follow it if you want to or not. doesn't really matter because it's your life because whatever you learn will be brought back and will be used. And, and it doesn't, so it doesn't matter if you follow a plan. It's not for nothing. So you yes. and I, Michelle, basically had a plan to start a podcast before oh, we course, were yes. born into these lives. That's, yes, that was the plan. Because I'm sure <laughs> this this is how we elevate our like spirituality is by starting a podcast. That's yes, that's it. Got it. <laughs> well, and it could, you know, that also could be something. It, you know, I mean, there's there's so many other things that go that. I mean, I obviously I could I could spend. And even within the community, we have spent an hour just talking about like one aspect of the overleaf, like talking about what is the attitude and how does that affect your, your life? Well, it's like, whatever, you know, whatever you're at, my, my attitude is that of a, is that of a skeptic. So I approach the world through this lens of a skeptic where I'm going to be skeptical of all, you know, I'm, I'm, self-defining here going to be skeptical of everything and but part of that skepticism is deliberation of going through and analyzing what i why am i being skeptical about this what is questionable about this and so you know it it makes it strange to sit there and be saying yeah i've had these experiences i've had these these odd prophetic dreams. I've had these dreams telling me about past lives. I've, you know, had these things happen to me. I can't explain them away easily. And, but then when Michael comes in and talks, you know, says, Oh, this is what you were doing. This is why it was happening. This is how you can make it happen again, if you want. And then I am able to make it happen again. It's like, okay, there's something here. It's not just, something being weird. And so, yeah, it's just walking through that site and talk, you know, going through the overleaves and getting that idea of how do I see the world? What is, what is it that I'm kind of aiming for in the world? Um, What and how, and what are the positives and negatives of that particular part of this, of my personality? and how those things work together, it helps. <laughs> it helps just being able to navigate because then you can say, okay, I understand myself better. I understand why I'm thinking this or why I'm feeling this or how I'm doing this. Um, this is my favorite topic to one of my favorite topics, but how do ETs kind of go along with Michael teachings? Cause I do we kind of briefly mentioned UFOs and ETs and stuff like in your email, but is, does it have anything to do with it? Is that something completely different? Are we all working together? What? Because me personally, from like what you, what you've been saying and what we've heard from Craig, some of the stuff kind of lines up with like, they line up with each other. And I mean, you're talking about Michael teachings. I have teachings. I haven't heard Craig talk about that, but from what he's, talked about and you know kind of the way he like he's like you know 
like you mentioned about him being have channeling something he has talked about you know channeling and stuff like that so i kind of like see parallels to what both of y'all are talking about but you've like it's never kind of you know none of the i've never heard him mention the michael teachings um and that's not really not really all that surprising um, it's even in you know even in the paranormal realm of things it's sort of one of those things that it's there but Mm -hmm. not very many people seem to know about it okay and and it the part of the reason why is because there are multiple there are multiple teachers like michael doing the same thing so Mm -hmm. and there are multiple channels for michael so not all of them identify specifically as it being the michael teachings um, but there's thousands of them out there. And so that makes sense. Um, as far as what you've mentioned about aliens with it, when you're asking about that, um, one of the things that I was doing is in going and kind of prepping for this a little bit was I was, as I was going through the site was normally I'm just logged in with my sign in and everything. So I can see a whole bunch of stuff. I was trying also to, I, what I was trying to do was stick to channeling and things that have been posted as public because that would, and the way I kind of defined that was anything that I could see on the site without having to be signed up for the site. Okay. So if you sign up for the site, there's a ton more. <laughs> there really is. Um, but as far as um, like aliens and such, yes, they exist. Are they, you know, they're a part because they are a part of our physical world. Um, And even kind of before I really came to the Michael teachings, I was already, I was doing things like reading about Project Blue. You know, I had the, there was actually a book that was published. I forget the name of the author, but it was back in the late 80s, 90s. That was just called Project Blue Book. (laughs) And it was like, a listing of it was a story that was around all of the different things that project blue book had investigated. And, um, you know, I remember reading the reading and seeing the movie fire from the sky, you know, <laughs> those sort of things. So yeah, I was already kind of prepped. Um, but they're a part of reality. They're a part of existence and they are, they are out there. Um, and if you take that away to even sit there to, to sit there and listen to a lot of the, you know, the physicists and the scientists who are sitting there saying, well, if they're out there, why haven't they tried to contact us? Or, you know, why are we not able to find, you know, find them or see them? And it's like, okay, guys, first of all, we're in the universe in, in our galaxy. We're like way out in West, Texas, kind of, you know, south of Amarillo, somewhere in the middle of nowhere. And everybody else is like in New York City. Why would they have a reason to come here? (laughs) You know, outside of curiosity, Um, first of all. But then, you know, additionally, it's like, you know, and then you start looking at it. It's like our nearest, the nearest star to us besides the sun is Arcturus, which is five light years away. In other areas of the galaxy, the nearest star is like two or three light years away. So it becomes, you know, there's the proximity issue. Yeah. 
The other thing is, is have we actually done anything that would warrant them popping up and saying, oh, hey, you guys are, you know, have colonies on the moon. That's kind of an important thing. We should stop by and say hi. You know, so it always seemed to me like it was very arrogant to assume that we're the only intelligent life in the galaxy. And it also seemed like it was incredibly myopic to think that we're so important that we need to be contacted by other people. Yeah. Um, but in going through what Mike, you know, somebody asked a question and you could easily look this one up. They, if you look up Bigfoot, for example, on the Michael teachings, somebody asked the question one time of what is a day in the life of a Bigfoot like? And their initial response was, well, anything that's a day in a life is going to be very arbitrary, but in general, <laughs> they are, you know, they are farmers. They are growing fruits. They're growing crops. They are an older sentience. That is a spacefaring sentience. And, you know, they have helped humanity along in our evolution. And so they're, as Michael put it in that particular one, they said, because of that, we are very fond of the species. Hmm. And, um, you know, we've, of course, if you log into the site and start reading some of the private channelings that people have shared and things, you'll, there's a whole lot more information there. Um, but they are, you know, yeah, they're, they're a part of our reality. They are out there. Um, they're, there also appears to be something along the line, something along the lines of sort of a, an agreement to not contact humans right now. And it seems when asked about that before, they've said multiple times, and I saw this several times there, that there seems to be some disagreement among the spacefaring species as to whether we can handle it or not. <laughs> So say no at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, yeah, cause it's not happening. So, you know, and so it, yeah, I mean, they're out there and they're a part of reality. And if, you know, with what I described earlier with talking about how, you know, I was kind of writing along with another me, he, Michael in that channeling, Michael's, specifically referred to that as being remote viewing. Mm. And when I asked them if this was something that could be developed as a skill, they said, they said in that channeling that I got, uh, non-spacefaring species use remote viewing to communicate with other species. So, so sorry. <laughs> yeah. well, okay. So this is, so obviously you have not heard recordings that we've recorded and not published. Literally this last <laughs> recording, Eric, what did I say? <laughs> what did I say the next deep dive was going to be? And what did I say that I was going to be reading up on? Remote viewing. Remote viewing. <laughs> so creepy. I love when this happens. It's my favorite. Yeah. Isn't so, it great? <laughs> it's awesome. Love it. This is gonna like come out. It, oh, yeah, I don't know. Never mind. It, it's great. It, it's it. it's gonna be like these episodes are gonna feel like link up. They're a series, but they have nothing to do with each other. 
and they, yeah, like these next the the, yeah. the next couple of of episodes that we have are gonna feel like they're a series because oh, a lot a series. of yeah, series yeah series yeah what'd you hear I I didn't I guess oh. I, I don't I don't know I heard something else but I was like what uh, yeah. yeah anyway no it feels no, like yeah, it's gonna it's... be a series but it, they like we didn't plan because like I said we talked to Craig and then we got your email and then we did the deep dive on the Mandela effect. And that's why I got the blue moon thing. Or yeah, the moon. T- moon t- blood moon tetrad. And then, yeah. you know. And, and then, then I mentioned this. this she, yeah. yeah. She mentioned yes. the, the, the remote viewing. Remote and then now viewing. you're mentioning this. And then, I mean, this will be like wait, like at the end of the month. But yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, of next month. But yeah, so it's crazy. That's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Well. I, I almost kind of want to end on that note because okay. one one Bigfoot that that was that was great I loved that and then just yeah the whole synchronizing into what will be coming in the next or I guess in the beginning of next month will be the next deep dive but um that was awesome <laughs> yeah um, well, I, it's because I know you said you wanted to end on that but I I just oh, had okay, one question about about Noel sure. that I, I I didn't want to interrupt what you were saying. So, but then we got so far away from, from that. I didn't want to like, so you waited till the very, 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 end. very yeah. end to bring it up. All right. Good. Yeah. That's, that's how I roll. Uh, I just wanted to, like, if you remember like when you met him, I mean, I know you said you were a kid, so I know a lot of people don't remember when they were that young, but like when you, if you do, when you met him, did you feel like you knew him already or, you know it from what i remember it felt like we were picking up where we left off okay. is really so what it, it felt like so it could um, very much have been that you were literally talking to him before you actually met him yeah and and based on what you know what i've learned with the michael teaching since then and obviously with you know the the past lives being a thing it you know it it there's they talk about very often um um past life resonances happening that as as you are and i sometimes dislike the terminology because it makes it sound like it's something big and mysterious and 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 everything but they refer to it as when you're close, when you manif- when you're manifesting essence more, when you are being more in the positive poles of your overleaves, and are, um, you are more open to connecting, to having those recognitions, of, you meet that person and you're like, I know you, I, but I've never met you, but I know you. And like in the messages from Michael's book, they've talked, they talk about some of the ones that were, they, they list out some that are absolutely fantastic. Um, and, but in, in my life, that one, you know, was very much, I just felt like we were catching up and moving, you know, catching up on something that had happened along, you know, from something that had happened a while ago, or it's like, oh, I haven't seen you in, you know, oh, blah, 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 let's play with this. Let's play with that. You know, let, you know. And kids tend to do that anyway. It just, and, you know, now it seemed, you know, now knowing what I know now makes it feel like there was some, there might've been that going on. I'll have to, now I'm going to have to ask about it because that's just, <laughs> now you made me question it. But I know that later in life, um, when I actually got introduced to the Michael teachings, it was, um, 
around 97, 98, when I got introduced to it. The person who introduced me to the teachings, I immediately, we immediately became friends. Like it was instant. And I remembered having, um, I, I can't really, I don't remember if it was more of a vision or if it was a dream, but it was something that seemed very much like a memory. And it was, everybody was kind of in like the puritanical dress and there was a woman tied to a stake and there were a bunch of wood around her. And I was the one who was setting the fire and I set the fire, walked away. And then as things were happening, I turned around and walked away from all of it. And it, in that turning from it, it, you know, I, I'm like, okay, now I'm back in reality again. Um, so I go and talk, <laughs> I'm going in one, I meet her and I'm talking to her one day and I said, you know, with all of this past life stuff that we've kind of been talking about and I'm kind of not really sure on, were you ever burned at the stake? Shit. <laughs> she went, yeah, I think I'm pretty sure that I was at one point. I said, I think I said that the was fire. me. And she just went, okay. Mother and, then, <laughs> and then, so then, so then after that, we had lunch one day and she started telling me about what the Michael teachings was. And she told me about, you know, one website. And of course this was the nineties. So, you know, it, the websites were terrible back then. Um, all, all websites were terrible back then. Um, and then when I found the messages from Michael book, it was very, it was very weird. I was over kind of in the new agey section and I'm just kind of looking around and nothing's really catching my eye, but I saw messages from Michael sitting there and this book looked like somebody had taken it and stuck it in a box in the 1970s and it had been stuck in the back of a warehouse for 20 years. All the pages were brown. The cover was immaculate except for the price sticker that they put on it. Every, you know, it was none of the pages were bent. Nothing was, the spine was still intact. Hadn't even been cracked. The book had never been read, but it looked like it had been, been around for about 20 years. And I said, okay, if this is here, when I get paid next, I'm going to buy it because I didn't have the money at the time. And, you know, when you're in your twenties, you never have any money anyway. Um, it's like, but it's $5, man. That's, yeah. that's like lunch. You yeah. <laughs> so um, I went and I bought that. And I think I read the entire thing in like two days and then proceeded to, I, I read it so much, the cover started falling apart. Um, so, you know, and it was this person who I had this recognition with who introduced me to this. And then after that, we just kind of went our separate ways. And, you know, I haven't ever really asked about it, but it seems to me like it, Michael talks about agreements that are made between lives for when you're in the life for certain things to happen. And it could be something like, providing comfort or, you know, I, you know, I, we are in an agreement because I'm going, I've agreed to be your dad or your mom or whatever. I think in this case, it was an agreement that if we were to meet, 
we would introduce each other or she would introduce me or I would introduce her, however, to these teachings again. So it, you know. Worked out that yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> it's, That's... yeah, it's, it's crazy how these, you know, so going, you know, going back to that null thing, that was probably that was probably the first time that I had that recognition, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't mature enough at, that age to really understand what was going on, nor did I have the knowledge that I have now that now looking back, I can say that that's probably what that was. All right, Christian, is there anything that you would like to promote uh, before we wrap up here? Not really. Michael teachings. (laughs) Yeah, I would definitely, you know, I definitely say to rec, uh, to look for that. I mean, the website that, that, the the website and channel that I that I use is on our.truthloveenergy.com is the name of the website. That's where a lot of the stuff, you know, that I've referenced can be found. Yeah. And it's, it's none of it. I mean, Michael makes sure that he, all of it, there's nothing out there that is looking to cause harm. You know, there, there's nothing, you know, when they've, somebody asked them, does heaven exist or does hell exist? And they said, yeah, heaven and hell exist on the astral plane because people here expect them to exist. And so, you know, they're those, and quite often, but, he, but they said there's no reason for them to exist. There, There's no need for somebody to, <laughs> the way they described it in the Michael books was people who are hell are self-flagellating themselves. You know, they're punishing themselves for, for whatever reason, when there's no reason to do that. Um, and so, because it's all learning, it's all evolution and growing. And so you learn what you learn, what didn't work. You learn what did work. You learn how, you know, compassion, you learn all of these other things. And, and so there's nothing out there that's like there to intentionally cause harm. They, have said that sometimes with the sometimes that when other species are remote viewing, it can be terrifying, but it's never the intent to cause terror. But they said, if you imagine it, like you find a baby bunny and you're wanting to go over and pet the baby bunny, you're terrifying the baby bunny, yeah. but you're not intending to do that. Yeah. That so, sense. you know, okay. it's, yeah, it helps. It helps because things that oftentimes, you know, ghosts aren't as scary anymore. You know, other paranormal things aren't as scary to me anymore. Uh, okay. Because you know, to me, anyway, understanding. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I'm sorry. Speak for yourself. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I can. <laughs> yeah. I can go. speak for myself. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. No, but that, that, that makes sense. I have told eric before too that like the more you do it the more you like are and i mean i've been told also familiarize yourself with it all of us and understand it right we're afraid of the unknown we we're afraid of what we don't know and the more knowledge we have about it then it becomes less scary so okay so thanks so much christian for for being on again and for uh enlightening us with with all that so appreciate it and i'm gonna i'm gonna send craig a message and be like just Wait till what? So this would probably come out the second week of March. 
Yes, because we just put out a what? Uh, stories of high Yeah, Stories of high, and then it'll be yeah, deep dive, so it'll be and the, then yeah. it'll be your episode. And it'll be this episode, week. yeah. So second week of March. Yeah, so I'll tell him to be on the on the lookout for that episode, so you can show him, or so you can hear how we summoned him. Apparently, by saying his name so many times. Um, <laughs> it's like, uh, but, yeah, Beetlejuice. Bloody Mary or the Count. Oh. Okay, I was going to say Candy Man, but yeah, sure, Beetlejuice. <laughs> okay. Cool. Either way. Thank you again, Christian. Appreciate it. And, and also want to thank you again for uh, listening to us for as long as you have and being there almost since day one. Yeah, uh, pretty much. We, we very much appreciate it. Uh, and again, it, it's nice to finally put a face to one of the, you know, first 20 <laughs> people that <laughs> listen to the episode. So, yes. Oh, you're yes. welcome. Thank you you're for welcome. that. All right, guys, that was our episode with Christian. No crazy headaches. Um, very interesting. I liked how a lot of the stuff kind of parallels what... I, I feel like this happened with what G2, where I was like, this sounds a lot like what Craig was saying, but it has... It's, like you know, I don't know. Very similar things, but apparently not really having much... I don't want to say don't have anything to do with each other because it kind of seems like it does. But it's all it's I, it. Well, I kept thinking this the whole time again, like from Craig to Ajid to to now Christian. It's like it's all essentially the same message. But anyway, mm-hmm. but it all has essentially you know the the same message, which is an important one. Um, so I mean, that's I like that about it. It's like it's not it's not necessarily like a, a doomsday prophecy of like. Well, I guess Craig's was kind of... Anyway, you get what I'm saying, though. Sometimes it does sound like a doomsday prophecy. Uh, I guess. It, it still has me kind of like... Ooh. Anxious and about then, it? And then especially because he gave us like a really close timeline. That's like three years ago. I know, I know. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This wasn't supposed to happen in my lifetime. I was supposed to be dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then reincarnated five times or some shit. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, there's still a lot that we have to discuss as far as the michael teachings are concerned uh, i'm sure we're gonna have him back on i don't know if it'll be next week maybe in another month or but it he will be back on christian will be back on uh yeah and if you guys want to reach out to us we have our website and that's we believed you.com there's a tab there where you can find all our social medias you can find instagram facebook all that good stuff uh you can like follow share on Apple Podcasts, you can give us a five-star rating if, if you like it that much. And you can give us a review. We will read it on the podcast. Uh, we also have a donate button if you want to donate. We also have merch if you want to buy the merch. And if you want, like Christian did, you can send us an email or <laughs> on the con- contact us tab and write to us through there. Please share your stories with us, guys, because we believe. Do you? Do you?